You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. So if you were to toss a question out to our listeners right now, what would it be? Sure, it would be, are you willing to give yourself five minutes today to sit and think about what truly lights you up? What's really important in your life? What are the things or what is the thing that's really unique to you that you love? Maybe you don't get paid for it, but it's something that you really covet and crave and enjoy. And are you willing to think about if that has a space in your life right now? If the answer is yes, are you satisfied with the depth and breadth that you're giving that? If the answer is no, can you get curious about a way to bring that into your life? Maybe at some point before the end of the year, what would that look like for you? Welcome back to our special guest series. Today, we're talking about the power trio, unleashing strength in high conflict divorce through values, habits, and behaviors. In the turbulent waters of high conflict divorce, finding an anchor is essential to staying afloat. And in this episode of the Power Trio, we dive deep into valuing your values, honoring your habits, and breaking down your behaviors, which can be a life buoy you need during this challenging journey. So discovering the profound impact of aligning your actions with your core values is key. Today's guests will discuss a process of self-discovery helping you identify what truly matters to you and how to use these values as a compass to navigate even the stormiest seas of divorce. You'll also learn how your daily routines and habits can either empower or hinder you and your progress. And finally, we dive into behavior change and why letting go of destructive habits and behaviors is crucial for your emotional well-being. We discuss actionable steps to take to break free from behaviors that no longer serve you, helping you reclaim both your power and control. 
With me today is Shannon McGorry, a certified professional coach specializing in divorce and women's empowerment. She's certified through the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, IPEC, and is a woman of faith, mom of two daughters, and lover of yoga, the beach, which we both enjoy, and being outside and laughter. I'm so excited to have you with us. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you so much. What a wonderful introduction. And I'm so excited to have this conversation. Yeah. Amidst all of the things that one cannot control going through divorce. Mm -hmm. And of course, we talk so much about high conflict divorce on here on Journey Beyond Divorce. Having being able to focus on that which we do have control over. We may not have been wielding it intentionally. Uh, we may not be conscious of our values, habits, and behaviors. And yet, what a brilliant focus. So let me just hand it over to you. What is it that, because this is such a big focus of yours, what is it that has you honing in on these three elements? Yeah, it's absolutely basically what you just said. There's so much chaos in the midst of a divorce and there's a lot that's out of our control and so we can be feeling like we are being pulled in all of these different directions and we feel like we're giving our power away or it's being taken from us and what i work with my clients to do is to shift that focus back internally and identify what their anchors are so you'll see the anchor behind me it's a theme throughout my practice is what are you intentionally going to choose to anchor into during this time. That's where the shift in power is really helpful because when we get to know ourselves and we intentionally make choices and decisions based on what's important to us, we are in a more stable place, standing on a firm foundation of not only what's important to us now throughout the divorce process, but it opens up the path to the life after the divorce papers are signed and the settlement has settled to the life that we're going to be living at that point. So we're less reactionary. We're more responsive because we're intentionally focused on putting in place the things that matter to us that we actually want to have after this is done, if that makes sense. So yeah. the way that we do that is to really pull in those values, work, the values first and foremost. And when I ask my clients often, what is it that you value in life? Crickets mic drop, whatever you want to say, because it's not a question we're normally asked, right? It's what kind of car do you drive? How long have you been married? Do you have kids? What do you do for work? Where do you live? It's not the intrinsic, what matters to you. It's a place of vulnerability that many people haven't accessed in a while. So it's not tough to get there, but it is just pulling back that layer to say, let's take a peek inside. What's this, what matters to you? Yeah. What I love about that is it's such a beautiful invitation <clears throat> to shift the focus from looking outwards to looking inwards. And I agree with you. I think that if you were to just ask the average Jane or Joe walking down the street, hey, could you tell me your top five values? I think most people would look at you like, huh, what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you get people started on that? Yeah. So what I do is I ask them to just get in a more relaxed space. If they're comfortable, ask them to close their eyes and deep inhale, deep exhale, let the world around them melt. And then I ask a variety of questions and it really is organic, Karen. It's about how I know them and what questions I ask them are, are rooted in that space. 
they may be the same for a couple different clients. They may be vastly different, but it's in order. It, it, the point is to get them in that headspace, in that heart space where they're able to think really about themselves. And so it's a question like, how do you want to spend an hour? If you had an hour of free time, what would you do with it? Who would you want to be with you during that time? If you had won the lottery, how would you spend it? What lights you up? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What's something that you can't do without in life? What's something that if was removed for your life from your life, you would really feel it? And they don't have to answer every single one of those questions. But the point is it tickles the brain. It tickles the heart to say, oh, that's what really drives me. That's what I love to paint. Or I love to feel financially secure. Or I love to be outside in nature. Or it's very important for me to have close connections and relationships. And there's no right or wrong. We dismiss the judgment right at the door of that conversation to say, you can have five values, you can have 55. And I will write and they just talk freely, openly. And sometimes I'll ask follow-up questions or tell me more about that. Or what does that mean to you when you say financially secure? And then it just starts to pour out of them. And for as shut down as some people may have seemed initially, when you ask those initial questions and you get them flowing, it's amazing and beautiful, the things that you hear. I love your process for doing that feels so gentle and organic. Thank you. And and so... So take us through the process. So somebody goes through this, starting out with, I have no idea what my values are. They have this conversation. They end up with a list. What do you do with that? Yes. So then we want to take it. We shift a little bit and we want to say, how often are those values getting an outlet? Because most of the time when we feel what you and I know to be catabolic energy, that energy that's draining us, that's pulling us down, that really feels it's because one of our values is either being trampled on or he doesn't have an outlet. So for me, if my faith is very important and I'm feeling a little mm, off, sometimes I can look and say, well, have I had any prayer time today? Or was I at mass? Or was I connected with God? And if the answer is no, ah, okay. So we, I explain that to, to clients that the values we have can either be honored and there's space for them in our life or they're dishonored and they're trampled on. Shed that light, number one. Number two, I ask them to look at your their habits. Do their habits line up with the things that they're saying are important in their life? So if my faith is important, do I have a habit in place that honors that value? And that could be daily. It could be weekly. It could be monthly. There's no right or wrong answer. It's really what's fitting and best in your life. And you know that better than I do. So I'm not here to judge that your habit isn't in full support of that value. It's more of a question. What are you doing to give that value life? Does that make sense? Can you give us one or two examples of somebody who's not aligned with their values or doesn't have habits and somebody who does? Sure. So I'll take myself, for example, my top three values are faith, family, and movement. On those days, like I just said, or those weeks where I feel off, I have a light bulb moment. Like I do this for a living. 
how could I possibly be letting this go in my life? But on those weeks where I don't consistently move my body, or I'm not connected to God, or I'm not making unique intentional time to be with those people that I love, I can feel angsty inside. There's something just off. However, when I'm in flow with my regular habits of getting up in the morning and getting to my yoga class, making intentional time to sit and pray and get my heart grounded and centered in my faith. And then I have a planned time during that day where I know I'm going to connect with each of my daughters. My days flow better. I'm in my zone of genius at work. I'm happier with to the people around me. I feel my sense of purpose flowing in my day. That's an example of both. I've also worked with clients who will say to me, when we go through the values exercise, like, I forgot how much I loved painting. There's this whole creative side to me that has laid dormant. And I do something very financial for work in my professional space. And it, it takes a lot of my time. But in college, yeah, that was my major. But I was also a minor in art. And so then we took that value and married it with a habit, which was she started taking a drawing class once a week out of her home in the community with other artists. And the amount of life that it gave back to her because it was a value that she had intentionally sidelined like, okay, that was in college. And now I'm a professional working. I don't have time for that. But it was a missing piece of her. And when she brought it back in, again, the joy and the life and the fulfillment that came back to her because that value was being honored with a habit, an intentional space to work through that. So if you were to toss a question out to our listeners right now, what would it be? Sure. It would be, are you willing to give yourself five minutes today to sit and think about what truly lights you up? What's really important in your life? What are the things or what is the thing that's really unique to you that you love? Maybe you don't get paid for it, but it's something that you really covet and crave and enjoy. And are you willing to think about if that has a space in your life right now? If the answer is yes, are you satisfied with the depth and breadth that you're giving that? If the answer is no, can you get curious about a way to bring that into your life? Maybe at some point before the end of the year, what would that look like for you? Love that. Beautiful. So our values inform our habits. If we're conscious about our values and intentional about them, they can inform our habits. Where does behaviors come into this trio? So I have my own theory about our behaviors. I think we do things from a couple different places. The first is I have to. The second is I always have. And the third is the expectations of others. And I think that informs our behaviors. So I, I have to do this. I've always done this. I should do this. Or other people are expecting this of me. And that puts us in a place where sometimes we can feel a bit caged, a bit controlled, a bit angsty about the things we're doing. I have to be on the PTO board. My daughter expects that I will be at her XYZ 
I've always gone to my in-laws for Thanksgiving. And those three things set us up for our behavior, not really living from a place of our own intrinsic values, but living from these external circumstances. So it kind of becomes a full circle, Karen, where we look at our values, we put habits in place that honor them, and then our behavior lives out those values and habits. Or it's a moment of pause to say, my behavior isn't in in alignment with the values and habits at all. My behavior is being driven by these external forces. And that's why I'm not fulfilled, happy, settled, calm, etc. Yeah. So as you were saying that in 12-step programs, they tell you not to should all over yourself. And I often will talk about our decisions boiling down to either fear-based or Mm. desire-based, fear-based including obligatory. And so you're, I should, I have to, I just always have, which is just unconscious, right? Or others expected of me, like none of those come from that desire based. And so our desire is born out of our values. So what I'm hearing is if you're not intentional about your values, then you're not creating the habits that align with what's most important, the human being you have been uniquely created to be. And if you're not building those habits, then your behaviors could equally be unconscious, fear or obligation based and not aligned with the value or the desire that that is at the core. And what is your statement about the role, the the big picture role that values play in anybody's life, divorce or no divorce? I think they're foundational. And I say this to my clients and anyone else that I talk to. We're asked or recommended to visit our doctors once a year for a physical, to see the dentist twice a year. Why are we not checking in with our value system, with who we are and who we desire to be? Because they shift over time. What I valued at 15 is very different than at 25 or 35 or soon to be 45. And that's okay. I can give myself that permission. Now, some of mine have stayed the same across the span of my life. Some of them have changed dramatically. They've shifted up or down on that priority list. And that could even be true for me within the course of a month based on how life is unfolding. I may need to be in one space more than I'm allowed to be in another by my own choosing. But if they're not at the anchor, at the root, at the core of my operation of my life, I'm not surprised that so many people are dissatisfied, overwhelmed, stressed, because I think we inadvertently welcome in this stress, lack of fulfillment and resentment when we don't pause to assess where we are and what we desire. And I think, you know, as we're at the the close of the year here, that's where these New Year's resolutions come in. But it's not actually, you know, going to the gym that you want to change. We want to pause and address where we are and what we desire. And the values are at the crossroads of that. So I find it to be foundational to anybody across the board. Yeah. I do yeah, it no, with my I, teenage daughters. What yeah. do you value? And and how interesting is it as the dinner conversation to say, you and I share that one, you don't at all. So it's no surprise when we do a family activity that you don't want to do jet boarding and we do. You don't value adventure the way the two of us do. 
it opens up incredible conversation and gives you insight into the people in your world. You don't have to then be defensive or make assumptions or create stories that are false. If we're looking at our values, sometimes it provides great clarity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I I consider my values my North Star. Mm, love that. And and you're saying foundational. And I think when when people don't know what they are, it's almost like you're running your life without understanding your operating system. And so then people will say, why does this keep happening to me? Why do I always end up in these bad situations? And so the inquiry is there, the why, but my sense is that the why is always looking outside instead of looking inside, right? So it's like, oh, it must be my friend group. It must be my spouse. It must be my job. It must be my community. And yet, if you're, it's like you get behind the wheel of a car, but you don't know how it operates. It's a pretty dangerous thing. You're probably not going to end up in a good place. And so I'm hearing that values is really foundational to our operating system. And I hear what you're saying. You're saying they can change, but I don't know. I heard you say you could have 50 values, but when you get really clear on that handful, that top five, that is what guides and directs your life. And I remember years ago being at this conference and they were talking about Southwest. And at the time, Southwest was like just the the Mm -hmm. best airline. And they had their values, which was their mission statement. And they described how every single opportunity and decision that company made, big company, would be measured against their mission statement. And if it was not aligned with the mission statement, they were not going to do it. And I remember sitting and going, I need a mission statement. I I need, and that's really what our values is. That's our personal mission statement that for me, faith is at the top. And it's always the first one I grab and relationships and communication. And so it's like when you described it really well, when you're out of sorts, when you feel like you've gone off the rails, chances are you've bumped up or completely jumped the rail outside of those values. And so let's bring it back to divorce again, because here you are, you've been in a relationship that hasn't worked or you thought it worked and your spouse thought it hadn't. So here you are facing divorce. So it's like most people, when they get to this point, even if their spouse has decided, I find that after a couple of conversations, it's like, yeah, I haven't been happy in a long time. There has been a lot lacking, but I swept that under the rug. I love being a mom and I'm a believer in till death do we part. And it's almost like you shut all of that down because you have all these obligations. And it's like, well, everyone has problems. Let's just sweep that one under the rug too. And let's sweep that one under. So taking this concept of values, habits, and behavior into the divorce realm. Just mm-hmm. just share with our listeners a little bit about how you've seen that impact your clients as they go through divorce. Joe and their spouse always seemed to be fighting, but nothing was ever resolved. Their spouse would constantly blame them, unwilling to take any responsibility. Joe lived in the tension of walking on eggshells 
doubting themselves, and over time, they became unhinged, angry, and triggered, struggling further with shame and self-condemnation. Their reactivity was used as proof that they were the problem. If you're in a relationship or marriage filled with conflict and blame, and you're wondering, is this normal or could it be toxic? Take the quiz and find out how toxic your relationship is. Go to journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash toxic quiz and find out today. who we are is like this intense flavor, right? And it's really strong. And over the course of life, we add layers to that core. And sometimes we do it as a choice. Sometimes we do it because we're coordinating with our partner or we're sacrificing for the community or maybe we're intentionally sidelining something. But sometimes that can dull that flavor and dull that light a little bit. And we didn't know it at the time. Didn't know by sacrificing or by coordinating or by negotiating or by taking on a different role, whether it's professionally or for motherhood or a sick parent, that it would dim that core. Divorce, I see, is an opportunity to peel those layers back again and ask yourself, is that an intentional choice I want to make? And when we can peel those layers back, we can get back to that flavor and that essence of you. Because over time, I certainly gave my power away. No one took it from me, but I did it because I was thinking, this is what you do in a relationship. This is what you do as a mother. This is what I know the definition of a good neighbor to be. None of that's bad or wrong, Karen. But when we have an opportunity almost to redefine ourselves, peeling those layers back and understanding why we're doing them and what it's going to lead us towards or away from can be really helpful. What I love about what you just said is our beliefs can run our life and our beliefs are not always ours. They could be the culture we come from, the parents we were raised by, the religion, religious background that we have. And again, at the core of values is this intentionality, this let me slow down, stop and quiet all of that noise of everything I've been told and get really clear on what I know about myself. And I was just talking to an attorney before this, and he was saying how divorce forces us to look at our life differently. And I prefer it invites us that in the crisis, there's this incredible invitation to do life differently because I just slammed into a brick wall going 60 miles an hour. So I'm devastated and I'm shut down and I'm scared and I'm seeing everything is bad. But then if I take the invitation to say, well, wait a second, who am I? Where do I stand? What's important to me? What do I want in my life? And that's, you're married, you've got kids, you've got, most of us come from like two working parents. And so there's just so much going on. It's like, who the heck has time to sit down and go, what are my values? The average person doesn't. And and that's where I had a friend who went through a 12-step program and he said, 
those of us who have suffered addiction and alcoholism, we're the lucky ones because we get the 12 steps. And the 12 steps is really this invitation to slow things down, let go of what you don't have control of, and start getting really intentional about your life and your habits and your behaviors. And so I love how you're wrapping all of this together. So it's values, habits, behaviors, And yet, in order to get clear on your values, there is an assessment of your beliefs, isn't there? Yeah, there absolutely is. And I love you so beautifully said that, and and your colleague or friends to be able to express that in such a vulnerable and strong way is really meaningful and really hit my heart because I think whether it's something like addiction or divorce, there can be such a stigma to it that there's shame associated with it. And there's a lot of grief for sure. Sometimes guilt and sadness. And I think working with individuals to help them accept this place in life and to, as you so beautifully said, see it as an invitation, not an end of the road, but really a redefinition. If they're willing to take that, is is such a life-altering moment because it can shift our mindset and therefore that's the whole ball game. I mean, how closely our thoughts and our feelings and our actions are linked together. If we believe we failed our marriage, that's a completely different life path from that point forward right. than if we can accept and create an awareness around this invitation to beautifully live out the rest of our life. It's a completely different path. Yeah, absolutely. Byron Katie has a quote, nothing happens to us. It always happens for us. It always happens at exactly the right time. We don't have to like it. It's just easier if we do. And I love that quote. And it's like that last piece. I I don't know any of us like it, but that shift from resistance. I can't believe this can't be happening. Mm -hmm. This is so terrible. This is bad, which is an understandable starting place. But that shift from that to, well, it is happening anyway. Yeah. What's the invitation? And I think that's the hardest part for people and why divorce coaching is so incredibly helpful in a very different way than therapy, because we're really we're not looking at your past and how you got here so much, but rather that invitation to, well, here you are. You can kick and scream and throw a tantrum like your three year old in the supermarket. But when you're done, here you are. Yeah. And so what do you want to do about it? And I have had people come to us and ultimately say, no, I want to kick and scream. And it's heartbreaking because they miss the treasure amidst the rubble and the rubble's there and the rubble needs to be honored and grieved. But that treasure that is also there. And I was talking to someone yesterday about how it's really the brave and courageous who are willing to partner with someone like you, Shannon, or me and say, I'm scared, but I am going to do my best to be brave and to look inside instead of outside to find my solutions. And you have a beautiful process for helping people do that. Would it be okay if I just reflected back on two points that you just made? Yeah, absolutely. First is when you talk about 
the the rubble being there. It's the opportunity for the both and because those emotions are really strong. And this is a difficult time and a very chaotic, hard space to be in. And it is this opportunity. And I truly believe everybody gets to the other side of divorce, but it's the how we do it that changes us and changes the trajectory of what's next. And I think that's what we do as coaches is stand in that space of the how you're going to do this because how you show up for this is impacting who you're becoming and that's the rest of your life. So I envision like when I went through my own divorce, I pictured like this beautiful life I had. It was like this perfect like crystal glass right in my hand. And all of a sudden it just shattered into a thousand pieces and I was left holding it. And it was like, my hands are cut. I'm bleeding. This hurts. I want, I desperately want to put this back together, but it's in so many pieces. It's not going to happen. And so how long am I going to stand here with my hands clenched, holding on, getting more hurt and more cut as I'm going versus accepting this and turning this over and building a newer, stronger version of what was at one point into what, who I want to be and what I want to create in my life. It reminds me, I was just looking up to see what it's called. So it's called Hint Suji. I may not be saying that right, but in Japan, there's a traditional repair method called kintsugi where broken pieces of pottery are stuck back together with a Japanese lacquer and the joints are painted and decorated with gold and silver power powder and the pottery continues to be used and so what you just described is it in the brokenness we create beauty and it's not sweeping all those broken pieces under the rug or in the garbage can it's actually using them to recreate. And the the pithy statement is you can emerge bitter or better. And I've seen people who you can emerge the walking dead or the rising phoenix. And it's all based on the choices that you make. And so it's such an inside job. And I would say, no matter how hard your circumstances, no matter how devastating your situation, the human will and attitude and resilience can turn just about anything around. Absolutely. And that was my second point to your statement of who has time to do this? Who has time? Who doesn't have time? How do you have time not to do this? It's an investment that's going to pay dividends going forward. If you have children, the example that you're setting for them, if you don't, the life that you're created to live and how valuable is that? Beautiful. I love this conversation, Shannon. Tell our listeners how they can find you. Yeah, sure. So my website is lovestrengthandgrace.com. They can submit a form on there to reach out to me. They could also shoot me an email directly at shannon at lovestrengthandgrace.com. I have a worksheet for them if they want to get in touch with me, I can send them a value your values worksheet where they can start to get started on some of the things we talked about today and really get to sifting through some of those external voices, creating a powerful pause and getting back in tune with who they are, getting in touch with that essence and power of them. Beautiful. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your process. It's a beautiful one and gentle, internal, beautiful one. And if you've resonated with what Shannon said, reach out, grab her free gift and uh, learn a little bit more about her process. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to speak with you today. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be back real soon with another episode of JBD uh, podcast. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy Valentine, host of the Midlife Makeover Show. Tune into my podcast where we talk about all things midlife. You'll learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Just go to themidlifemakeovershow.com and join the midlife party. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.